The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the AT&T Pro-Am. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline, everybody's favorite Canadian, a.k.a. T3PO, a.k.a. Tambo Carlisian, a.k.a. T2 Judgment Day. Tyler, how are you doing this week, bro? My God. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate the info, the intro and, yeah, coming off a – Nice week down in Phoenix. Got to go down for the weekend. Obviously, it was a, a really good time. I still get my voice back from Super Bowl Sunday and the, and the theatrics and whatnot. But it was a, an amazing weekend, amazing golf tournament. The only thing that could have been better was if Pinal won. Really, really was yeah. rooting for him down the stretch. But got to see it, you know, bucket list checked on the skybox. Saturday was a little bit insane, you know, outside of the skybox. It was quite a long walk slash drive home, just craziness. And then uh, you know, Sunday a lot better. Sunday was you know calmer, cooler. Every, everything was solid. Did a little bit of gambling up in the box and won a couple bucks there for you know nobody on the green bet. That was fun and yeah, a li- little bit of a good time there. Other than that though, man, had a good week. What about yourself? Yeah, we got to pour one out for Tony now because yeah, because that man just gets murdered every time he has a fifty-four four hole lead. It's not even like he played bad uh, those three times. Uh, we are a day late. Uh, Tambo is stuck in some weather. Uh, last night, so we couldn't, he couldn't get home in time to record the pod on Monday night. So we're, we apologize about that. But yeah, going back to the event, uh, I mean, Webb, Jesus. I mean, those were just murder shots by him. I mean, it was like a drive-by shooting, and he just... You know, the putts. The, the yeah, putts were the bullets. Putts, you, yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely comparing, you know, golf to, you know, 
gangster rap. So, you know, of course it's going to work. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, that putty had on 18 to tie it. The putty had on uh, the first playoff on 18 to win it. I mean, they're both sick. I mean, it's the putts you want. You want that right to left putt for Brady for the win. But that man is just pure, pure as silk. I mean, for me personally, uh, Cash lost it this week. Uh, one of my cash game cornerstones missed the cut. It was Brant Snedeker. So the last two weeks, the two guys that have missed the cut for me in my cash game cornerstones were Gary Woodland at the Farmers and uh, who, you know, who has a good performance at the Farmers in the past and had good form going in, stats lined up. And Brant Snedeker last week, whose recent stats lined up, was great on that course in the past. And, of course, he had great form going in, and he missed the cut. So that's golf for you uh, right there. So didn't really uh, do well in cash, lost. But uh, one in GPPs. It was a good week. Webb was my highest stone. Bubble was like my third highest stone. So, you know, nice little thing. I didn't get any big ones. I couldn't get the one uh, one lineup to really hit big, but a, a bunch of lineups cash. So, you know, only about a 35% loss, uh, you know, 35% bankroll loss for the week. So that's not as bad as it could have been after losing in cash. How did you do? Yeah, like I said, Finau cost me big time, had a, a runner in the $44, and then uh, just a bunch of his action in the back end. I, I was definitely high on Webb as well, but just not a lot of the right combos with Webb, and, and a lot of them were five out of sixes, frankly, because you know that even cut line cut, sort of killed us there on Friday when you had all those guys that battled their way back to it, like Hovland, and then just doesn't, and then it switches back to minus one. So that wasn't that exciting. And then, of course, the guys up, you know, the Homas, the Pierces, the Longs, the uh, you know, some of these guys, it was just interesting to see as the weekend went on, you know, had a little bit of fun with some over-under bets. But I went on some Super, some super Bowl props. I got some uh, some money back there. Overall down week, but can't really say it was a down week when I'm down there living the dream thanks to thanks to Gup taking care of me. So it was a, it was a great time. The box was phenomenal. And then Super Bowl, et cetera, all that was great. Yeah, I mean, it was, there were some other good guys out there that played pretty well. I mean, you saw J.B. Holmes out there. I don't know. He's always up there. The thing about J.B. Holmes when it comes to – uh, daily fantasy sports for me, you know, he's like seven up, you know, I never have, I never will. And that's just the way with, with, with JB Holmes, he was up there, Brandon Grace. I had a nice little uh, tournament matchup bet between Grace and um, Palmer. Uh, that was nice to get that win. It was actually mentioned on the sports junkies uh, syndicated morning radio show uh, here in the DC area. So that the pressure was on. Yeah. And, and it was, was uh, by the way, you were amateur hour on that calling it dead after the first three holes. I know I was, but you yeah. know, that was, that's sort of my, that's sort of the way I go. The anti reverse jinx, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it worked out because Palmer missed the cut. And so yeah. I didn't, I didn't even have to sweat on the weekend. T so nine grace. It wasn't even. Yeah. 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 It, it worked out. It worked out pretty good. Uh, I had another bet. Like I took web live Sunday morning at like plus two forty because I thought he was going to win, but I parlayed that with the saints money line. Uh, no, the saints, uh, not the saints, the, the chiefs. chiefs the Chiefs uh, spread minus one and a half. So that hit. So, you know, that was a nice little come up and made my week up in general uh, gambling wise. So it uh, could have been better, uh, you know, good event. It was wild out there. I saw a lot of titties, saw a lot of titties on the course. You don't really see that. Like I'm showing pictures uh, to my friends who aren't really big golf people. And I'm like, like, why are there titties on the golf course? I'm like, this is just the way the Phoenix Open is. There's titties everywhere. And so I, I got to go one time. I got to see. These yeah. Things, that was what, actually, that was crazy because it was on 16 right underneath us. The main one that's the video has been posted all around. And those shit. were large. Those are some very large. Those are some bigger. They're about the size of my head. I feel like if she like swung and like hit my face with her boobs, I would yeah. be knocked the fuck out. The, the chant, bad. the chant for this one was not Bubba has a mangina. It was show your tits. And okay. she did it. And, it, and she came through in the clutch. So it, it was pretty fun. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a good event. I mean, I think it's a, once a year is a lot of people are like, why can't we do this for every golf event every week? I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't we, wait for Honda, by no. the way, because I'm told that Honda is similar, but way more tame and way more people that actually give a shit about golf. There, there's nobody there that cares about golf. There's some, there's some nice scenery. There's some great events, holes, things that are happening, you know, whatever. But man, I'm telling you, I cannot wait for Honda after this weekend. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was a fun watch, but once a year, I'm cool with it. Once a year, that's about enough for me. Uh, so let's move on to uh, this week's Listener League. Uh, first off, congrats to uh, the three-man, Uncle Frosty, whooped our ass. I think it was Uncle Frosty yeah. that whooped our ass. Uh, I think ever since we moved the Listener League to this new setup that we have, this week it's uh, 2,500 entries. I think at, at right now as we're recording, it's uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday night. Uh, there's 300 spots left. So if you want to get in yeah. to the listener league, get up on that, you know, balance struck. Go ahead. It's, it's, I was going to say, it's clear what's happening though. Cause now they're shipping like a thousand bucks or 1500. Like this week's up to 1500 bucks. So the confidence is at an all time high coming in after they come off of their four figure win. Yeah. Yeah. And they're whooping. I mean, I'm guessing there's a lot more sharps playing because we, we added the prize pool is a lot bigger now. So now we're losing three man every week. I guess that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> Hopefully we can come back and get better at that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but let's go ahead and look at the lineup from last week. I think the winner's name was uh, C009. Uh, he looks like he's a uh, Maryland Terps fan with the, uh, with the Maryland flag out there. Go DMV. That's, that's my people's right there. So C009. His lineup had Webb Simpson, the winner, of course, 22.67% owned. Uh, Bubba, who came in third, 15% owned. Kuchar came in 16th, 5.8% owned. Berger, who I like, uh, it's a shame he bogeyed one of the last two holes, but I think he needed a top four finish to secure his card. I think this week might be his last week on a medical exemption. So that's something to think about this week when you roster Daniel Berger. Uh, he also had Charlie Hoffman, another guy who I loved, who made the cut on a number, thank God. Uh, and he was 7.93% on finished 40th. And he had Jing Jung Jang, who finished 25th, who had a crazy weekend. His approach game was sick. And we'll go over that once again later on tonight. What did you think of the lineup? Yeah, solid. Uh, I think, like you said, most of the guys we were sort of on a little bit, but um, Kuchar being the worst kind of made sense, but still put up 85 for him. But it wasn't someone I was super high on, but I know, I know Webb, like we mentioned, Bubba, I wasn't high on. So, I mean, he put it together nice. Zhang was clearly the difference maker. I think he was 6,100 last week. And if you looked at a lot of the top lineups, I mean, the obvious point was that he was at 95 or whatever points and at low ownership, but I mean, more so just the builds that you could get with him. So it's sort of one of those things if you can get one guy like that in your lineup and then nail the other five, you know, get at least a decent five around them. They allow for so much. And in this case, look at all the points that allowed for. He blew the field out, 581.5. Uh, second closest was with 559 in second. So shout out to C009, and we'll see him in the three-man. And he's already been accepted to the year-end league where we're going to have everybody that wins the Listener League battle it out for some prizes to be determined. All right, so before we get into this, let's talk about GubsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself 10% off Gubs Corner subscription. Uh, they got all the, you know, they got the tools that are up. They're getting sharper and sharper each week. Uh, they got the my article every week, Tambo's article every week, the Slack chat, Gups rankings, Gups ownership percentages. Uh, and the thing is, when you sign up, of course, like I said this before, it's not just golf. You get every single sport when you sign up for Gups Corner. So make sure you use promo code DGEN10. Get on that best community out there. The Slack chat is lit. We love, we love the spot and we love working for them. So get yourself on there. Use promo code DGEN10. All right. So let's head 
to this week. The PGA Tour heads up the coast to California this week as golfers get prepared to play the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Golfers will be playing on three different courses the first three days. Pebble Beach Golf Links, Monterey Peninsula Shore Course, and Spyglass Country Club. This is another event where the cut won't be until after Saturday, and only the top 16 ties make it to the final round on Sunday at Pebble Beach Golf Links. As the name of the tournament suggests, tour golfers will be prepared will be paired with an amateur for at least the first three rounds, making this tournament a test of patience for pros since rounds of golf could take over six hours with the amateurs hacking it left and right. This is an important aspect fantasy-wise for this tournament. Golfers with little patience who usually play quickly could be adversely affected this weekend. Because of this, I'll be putting more emphasis on course history due to the fact that this is a pro-am and not your normal tournament. I can see golfers getting frustrated with the long rounds and the carnival-type atmosphere with the amateurs playing alongside them. If golfers haven't played well here in the past, this could be a reason why. Now, when looking at course history, one uh, I would look after 2010, since the current rotation of these two, three courses started then. Only one golfer here has won in their maiden start since 1950. Experience seems to be very key at this tournament. The weather could also play a big factor because Pebble and Monterey both hug the shoreline, making windy conditions a distinct possibility. Though I worry less about golfers in Monterey during windy conditions because the course is fairly easy. Uh, if you look at the, the course rankings in 2014, Pebble Beach was the seventh most difficult course on tour. In 2015, Pebble Beach was the 45th most difficult course on tour. So that win, that plays a big difference. So uh, right now, the weather looks okay. Uh, not too windy. I think Sunday there might be some blustery winds. But for the first three rounds, it doesn't look too bad. But, of course, we all know that can change. So if you see something coming into Wednesday, you know, wait to make your lineups. And if there's a, if there's a wave advantage or a course advantage, make sure you check that out. All right, so let's get to the courses. Uh, Pebble Beach Golf Links is a 6,850-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Two of the par fives are reachable by all the golfers. One won't be reachable by hardly any. That's the 14th. And one is reachable for the long hitters, which is 18. The course hugs the coastline, making for breathtaking views, but also brutal conditions if the wind picks up. Now off the tee, excuse me. Golfers will see fairways that are above average in size with bunkers guarding the landing zones. Since this is a pro-am, I don't expect the rough to be too tall on any of these three courses, but a lot of rough around the fairways aren't evenly mowed, which could lead to tricky lies when fairways are missed. If golfers miss wildly off the tee, OB comes into place since nearly half the holes sit alongside the Pacific Ocean. On approach shots, golfers will see tiny greens with just a bit of undulation and slope. The greens usually aren't crazy fast around here and i expect the stip meter to be around 10.5 to 11 many bunkers and false fronts surround the greens as well golfers will once again have to deal with bumpy poa greens on all three courses this week now last year the uh, pebble actually played the toughest course uh, out of the three it's usually been spyglass and i think last year you can sort of think about how they were preparing for the uh, u.s open so the rough is a little bit higher. They already narrowed the fairways, and that could be one of the reasons why the course played a little bit tougher than normal last year. This year, I expect Spyglass and Pebble to be the two uh, toughest courses. If the wind doesn't pick up, probably Spyglass, but we'll see. So Spyglass is a 7,000-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. All the par fives should be reachable in two by most golfers, plus 17 is a reachable par four. This is the most. This should be the most difficult course out of the three this week. The first five holes here are 
The first five holes here are played among the coastal sand dunes, but after the fifth hole, the course moves inland and is played within the Del Monte Forest. With many more trees protecting this course, the wind could be less of a factor than, than on the other two courses. Now, off the tee, golfers will see average-sized fairways and just a few funk fairway bunkers to deal with. If golfers are wild off the tee, they'll have to deal with a lot of trees and some water. On approach shots, golfers will see slightly larger greens than the pebble, but the greens have much more slope and undulation, and that's what one of the reasons why it makes that a little bit more tougher. Uh, Monterey Peninsula is a 6,950-yard par 71 with five par threes and four par fives, I think. I could be wrong about that. Let me double check. I'll get back to that. Uh, it is the easiest out of the three courses. The fairways are above average in size, and the greens are the largest of the three courses. Golfers will have to avoid bonkers, sand dunes, and the ocean to play well this week. Tambo, what stats are you looking for? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple things. Uh, for The stats is pretty easy. I mean, Tita Green's big here. Approach, we're going to talk about it. You mentioned with certain guys with their irons. Around the green, the greens are a little bit smaller, as you mentioned, so they're going to have some – you know, you've seen the guys, the Jason Days, the Snedekers, those sorts of plays that, that we're going to talk about. So uh, around the green's important. Birdies are better. Like you said, the amateur setup, that sort of thing. And then the wedge game is pretty strong here as well. So I, I think it's just all comes down to that. But what I will say quick is because we've had, like me again, apologize for the additional day with the travel and whatnot, but a little bit more time to see it. Like you said, that weather is going to become the most important to me. We know that predicting daily fantasy golf is tough, extremely tough. So any type of advantage you can get, you want to take advantage of. And it looks like, I, I know it's early, like you said, Sunday through Saturday even possibly, there's that wind. If that wind picks up for Saturday and we find that out tomorrow, like you said, you're not going to want to play pebble on Saturday in the wind when the other two courses, one has a little bit of protection and one is considered by scoring rates in the past X amount of years, the easier course to play. Uh, so you definitely want to play the easier course in those wins if you had to. And I know it gets tough because sometimes, like we saw at the last one, uh, last course rotation where they have all the studs, quote unquote, on the the pebble for Saturday. But it is what it is. You have to find other ways around it if that's the case, if it actually is going to pick up. So that will become a bigger factor for me. And when we get down to something like the 6K range, another strategy piece right quick I'll say is that I will play guys down there. And I'm not going to release them all right here right now because I don't know yet. We'll see the tee times when they come out. And it's not a, a hidden factor. It's more of I will play it to what I just talked about if there is going to be some course rotation strategy. And also, you and I talked about this last time, Kenny. When there's a three-day cut, there is actually a chance that I came, I think it was 16th in the $44 with a five out of six last time when we had the, the, Q, the three rotation. So it definitely is a lot more likely to happen. And you can play that sort of strategy like we just talked about the Listener League where someone had Zhang for $6,100 and fit all the other guys in. And even if Zhang had only went three days in a hypothetical here, it could have been the difference maker for your lineup that allows you to still be at the top of one of these smaller, higher dollar buy-in tournaments. So just a heads up out there for that. But right. anything else that I missed? No, it sounds good there, brother. So let's get to these tiers. Let's start off in this top range. We have Brant Snedeker all the way to Dustin Johnson. Who you got there, Tambo? Taking a taking a stance here, Kenny, this week. I'm I'm going I'm I'm actually probably taking a crazier stance than most. I'm I'm on the men in the middle. So I don't really want, so I'll get to Snedeker in a second. I'm really going to take a shot here, and I think in the $5, I'm going to play zero DJ. And that might sound ludicrous. I get it, but it's not just the travel factor. There's other things to it. you got to think he's going to be, no matter what, he's going to be 15 to 20% owned, if not higher, and something like that. Uh, I'll have 150 lineups, so you'd say hey, you could afford him and get him in, but i got to take a stand somewhere, and I really do like Cantley here this week. So definitely taking a stand, hoping DJ's 20% or more. 
Uh, you know, and then I really what I want to happen, and this is why it, maybe it won't, maybe it will or it won't, but I want him to fail this week and everyone to be off him next week, and I want to get back on him next week. So uh, I love Cantlay. I think Casey's going to be extremely popular. So, uh, you know, he's got his history and whatnot, but, and I do like him, but I really like Cantlay and Day the most, and Day is going to be my first TGBO taking Day over Snedeker. I, I think Snedeker's already sounds extremely popular, and I know he's got his own course history here, and was playing quite well before the miscut in Phoenix. But I still think because he's the winner, two-time winner here, that people want to go back to him. And, and no one really likes to play Day when he's priced up and you got Casey right there and whatnot. And I do like Day. 10 for 10 here. Like you said, course history doesn't matter. He looked pretty good last time out. Uh, and also when they were here last year for the U.S. Open, I think he was like 21st. I know different setup altogether, but if you could play it in the hard, uh, you know, majors type setup, you'd think, He'd be okay here, and his history here is obviously insane. Fourth, second, fifth, eleventh, and fourth. So day over Snedeker, and I like can't lay day, and probably take Casey at field or below, just because he's gonna be so popular. What about you? I'm gonna start with the cash game cornerstone up here up top. I usually don't start with a 10k guy in cash, but this is a three day event before the cut. You can be a little bit more aggressive, and that's the way I'm gonna go. I'm going Paul Casey as my first cash game cornerstone. You know, we talk about Bubba. And having to play Bubba at Bubba courses, I think it's time to see, realize that we should play Casey at Casey courses. I mean, here's just a small sample of of, of some courses and how he's done in the past few years. I mean, you look at Valspar back to back wins. Okay, you look at the uh, Tournament of Champions East Lake last four years: fourth, fifth, eleventh, third. You look at the Porsche European Open; he's only played that twice. Two years ago, seventh. Last year, first. Wells Fargo, last three years, fourth, fifth, 13th during the PGA Championship year. And then look at the Travelers, last four years, fifth, second, second, fifth. The guy plays well on courses that he normally plays well at. Runner up here last year, eighth year before, playing decent golf, um, you know, top uh, had a win in the fall, top five to end the season. Doesn't really play well at the, tur- at the Tournament of Champions. Um, and I was talking about the tour championship earlier when I talked about Eastlake and him. And then he had a top 25, uh, I think, at the Amex. So he got his legs about him. He's played this course before. He's used to it. I like him. I'm going to use him in cash. When it comes to GPPs, I like Dustin Johnson. I can't stray away from him. I'm not worried about the travel. I'm pretty sure he finished second here last year after he won the Saudi the week before. So – I mean, I'm not too worried about that. He's coming off a of second place in Saudi Arabia last year, moving back here. I'm not worried. We know DJ's stats. We know his wedge game is usually one of the better ones out there. Uh, I'm a fan of DJ's course history here is great. And I do like Day as well. Now, here's the thing about Jason Day. Like, if you look at his strokes and approach, they were awful last time he played at Farmers. But the two proximity ranges where he actually gained yardage on the field or gained proximity on the field was between 100 and 125 yards and 125 and 150 yards. You're going to have a bunch of approach shots in those two ranges. And those are really the two ranges that he excelled at in the farmers to lead to his 16th place finish. And of course we all know his course history. So I'm a huge fan of Jason day this week as well in GPP. So let's move on to this next range. I'm going to go ahead and give out my second cast game cornerstone. It's going to be Brandon Grace at $9,300. If you look on the Euro Tour this season, he's sixth in strokes gain approach, um, you know, 16th in birdie average, seventh in strokes gain tee to green, 18th in strokes gain putting. Last week, he was top 10 at the uh, Phoenix Open in strokes gain tee to green and strokes gain approach. He's coming off really good form. Uh, he's had 
decent finishes here, but I think he can expand on that, do a lot better. I like Brandon Grace as my second cash game cornerstone at $9,300. I also like Matthew Fitzpatrick for GPPs. Seven top tens in his last 12 events with three runners up. You know, he popped his chair here last year, got his MC. You know, I'm not too worried about that. Again, it was his first time here. A lot of people who play the first time do not succeed very well. Uh, but, you know, he's second in scoring average last year on the European Tour. A first in strokes gained total and strokes and putting last year on the European Tour. And he was still top 35 in strokes in approach last year on the European Tour. He's had to miss the cut in a long time. I'm a big fan of Fitzpatrick this week. Hey, who do you like in this range? Yeah. Um, just to check you there. So DJ was 45th here last year, second the year before. And then he got 35th in the U.S. Open. So he doesn't have the last two years history. I'm just trying to make that be known. If I, In case it goes right for you, you can brag it back to me. So uh, in this range, though, I, I like Kuchar, uh, 9,900. I think it's a, a fair price. Sort of getting his legs back under himself. You know, between last week where he was T16, uh, he won the week before overseas. I'll go back to him. I, I don't mind that. I wasn't on him much last week, and he showed me wrong. So I, I like Kuchar here. Fitzpatrick's the interesting one because I put here, and, and now I've you know looked into it even more today as I had a little bit of extra time this week. You know, at first I was like, there's nobody that's going to want to play him at 9,700. It just seems ridiculous, right? But now it seems like, uh, you know, looking at fan share and different things, he's getting all the tags. People are in on him, apparently. So uh, I'll be watching that one for ownership. I do like him. I think everything you said is exactly right. Love his form, love his stats. He actually w- did w- another guy that did well here at last year's U.S. Open. So in the tougher setting, so I do kind of like that. But if he's going to get extremely, you know, if he's going to be fifteen to twenty percent, I'm not really going to be as in on a nine point seven k Fitzpatrick. Uh, uh, I do, go you got you got me on the, on the DJ shit. I'm an idiot. This is what oh. happens. I'm blaming you. I'm blaming you though. Because we're, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Doing shit differently in my life really fucks with my head, and that's what I'm going to blame that on. But it's yeah. only so you can put it back at me when he wins this weekend. Yeah, it's Tam, all good. Tam, so. Tambo's definitely right about that. I'm an idiot. Please ignore what I just said. Gra- so your, your, your grace call's good. I, I, I'm in on that. I said this. Basically, I said, look, Hovland, I think, and you didn't mention him, which I'm surprised. I thought you know a lot of people would be back in on Hovland. Missed the cut on the number. Grind his way to get back to even, like I said, and then the cut moved to minus one. So that sucked. I know... The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families. But more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. You know, first time, quote unquote, for this pro am setup. But you know, again, U.S. Open result was solid. His U.S. Am here, which is why everyone liked him for the U.S. Open last year. It doubled down. He's definitely, he definitely likes his course. So I think he he'll be have no problem. Chill a little bit. He got a little bit of rest after being off for the weekend last week. You know, didn't have to go through it all. So uh, I do like your grace call and, and even McDowell. If McDowell's, you know, I know he just won over DJ and Saudi, but and whatever the travel, it's not nothing to do with that. I just it feels more like. I thought everyone was going to be on McDowell and not on Fitzpatrick for those two price points because they're they're a little bit higher than that. But I think and I think it'll end up the other way. Feels like more people are going on Fitzpatrick and not going to be on McDowell. And McDowell just won last weekend T eighteen here last year. We've seen him have some good results. I think he's a nice pivot off of what I think will be a chalky Hovland. Yeah, I'm, if Chalkland's Hov, if Chalkland's Hovland, if Hovland Victor is Chalkland. Chalk, yeah, yeah, if Hovland is chalky this week, I'm not going to buy him. 
uh, because really has, he hasn't been playing that great. I mean, $9,100, yes, he can bump up any time, but if he's going to be highly owned, I'll take the risk that he keeps on playing the way he's playing and not yeah. very great. You know, I'll take that risk, you know, and, and fade him if, if he's going to be highly owned. If he's not, then yes, I'm in. But I think Hovland's pure ownership play for me because you're not really sure what you're going to get with him because of the way he's been playing lately and it hasn't been that great uh, for him recently. So we'll move on to this 8K range. Go ahead there, Tim. We'll keep going. Well, I was going to ask you quick, what about the pivot that's right at 9,000 from Hovland? What about him? I, I can't play Smith ever. I, I know a <laughs> lot of people are talking about him, and he had a great, what, Saturday or, you know, Friday with, with hitting a whole bunch of greens. But I don't know, man. The guy is just – he's But he's a beast great. here, though, man. He's, he's 7 for 7, I know, I know. 6 top 25s, I winner. I know, I know. I, I might I might cave and roster him, but because I'm not – I don't really like too many of these guys in this 9K range. So, it, you know – I might have to pick another one and maybe I'll throw some in there, especially if he's going to be like 8% owned, 9% owned or something like that. I might take a risk, but man, he's been playing like dog shit. Uh, and like no wins since 2017, man. He's got to get it I'm back, never, man. I, I, this is the key to this week. This, this is how you know this week is fucked. Fade DJ, play Spieth. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, there you go. That tells you, uh, you know, you're listening to some shit right now, but anyway, I'll keep it rolling here in the 8k range and get us popping near Kenny. I, I don't mind burger. Uh, I know, you know, what everyone's going to see when they go to the stats is that, you know, the T9 was based off his putter for, I think he gained like four strokes of putting on Sunday. But if you actually look back, so you mentioned it with, you know, playing for his card and that sort of thing, uh, you know, it's expensive, but it's, it always gets me these prices, right? I call it the best buy pricing, but 8,900 just seems right. If you actually look back, what I was going to say is his T to green has been solid in like the last eight of 10 measured events. So it's not like he's playing horribly. And if you look at the results, 9th, 29th, 38th, 17th, it's not world beating. And then, but the one time he did play here was about five years ago and he got T10. So it's not like he can't get the form going and use that to his advantage here when he needs it. I think champ is going to be extremely popular. I don't hate him, but you know, you got all these guys, champ, Norin, Knox, Kisner. There's really an argument for all of them. I kind of like Norin and Knox as the two guys over the, over champ. And then just at the bottom, two more quick. Hadwin, who I think will be popular, I get that. But my other, uh, my second T3PO is going to be Homa over Reavy. And it's whatever, you you can take them over at RCB too. I'm not going to buy either of those guys really. And the main reason is I just, I said it when I was there this weekend. He just looks so good, man. Everything about his game, 10th here last year, coming off a 6th, a ninth. His stats are solid. Uh, you know, Reavy, the big thing for him, uh, it was mentioned in Slack, you know, for Four weeks now ago, OG John was talking about how Reavy and Kokrak switched to PXG. I, you know, shout out EPAD. I saw him bring it up on Twitter again today. It's, it's a, lo- a lot of people aren't following that stuff, but people say when they go to these clubs, man, it's just the death of them. And I don't know if it's true or false, but there's been a lot of stats posted on it. Uh, Billy Ho has been sort of the only guy to really figure it out. Although there's one more uh, fella down at the bottom, James Hahn, who we'll talk about later. Maybe, maybe he's figuring some stuff out. But yeah, a- anyway, I'm off Reavy. Uh, it's not just the club change, but it hasn't been great. He's, he's, you know, mediocre here at best. He's been really bad since he did do the club switch. But even here, you know, T2 a couple of years ago, beyond that, you know, it hasn't been the greatest history. So I'm not, you know, eager to buy him at 8,200. And like I said, I do, I do like Hadwin, even though it seems like he's going to be extremely popular. He, he's just got it going right now. I like it. Yeah, my, uh, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Russell Knox at $8,600. So again, I'm going a little bit more aggressive this week. With three cash game cornerstones, one in eighty six hundred, one what ninety three hundred, and the other one ten thousand six hundred. So it's a little bit different than my normal, but that's because once again, this is a uh, you know three round cut. 
So you can be a bit more aggressive. You can try and get people that you think, you know, normally if it was a two round cut, you'd be sort of iffy, but I'm going a lot of upside here. And I think both Casey, I think Grace, and I think Russell Knox can win this week. Knox has been playing extremely good golf. His irons have been really, really good, hitting a ton of greens, really good from 400 to 450 yards. You're going to see a whole bunch, maybe about 35% of all approach shots or of all par fours in that range. Hasn't missed a cut in forever. Uh, He's had a couple of top 15s here the last couple of years. So I like Russell Knox. Um, I do like Berger. He's been playing good golf. He has a lot to play for. I'm not sure what he needs this week probably somewhere in the top 20 range to be able to secure his card because I'm pretty sure that this is his last, you know, medical exemption. I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure about that. He's been playing good golf. Um, so I, I'm, I'm in on Berger. Um, I do like Homa uh, a little bit at, at, because he's been playing, again, going on the, 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 uh, the, the current form base. I mean, he's been playing really, really good golf and, you know, I, me saying I'm going to play Max Homa at $8,300. That's just crazy. One guy I do worry about in this range is Kevin Kisner. Um, he's had, you know, he's made the cut here two out of his last three years, but he's known as one of the quickest players in the game. Uh, I think, you know, he hasn't had the best track record here, though. Uh, like I said, the last three years, he's been a little bit better. Uh, and I think mostly that's the fact that, you know, he's playing six hour rounds. So I'm not the biggest fan of Kisner this week. If you want to play, I'm not going to say no, but he's like, somebody that I'm thinking about fading completely. Um, I'll play a little bit of champ. The guy's been playing good golf. Uh, what about, what are you going to do with Kurt Kitayama? You going to play him at all? The guy's been crushing on the European tour. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, one, th- one thing real quick though, I got to back this up because it was, it slipped my mind. You've been bringing it up. I, are you thinking of the medical extension of Luke Donald using his second last one? Um, I could be again. That, that's off. what it is. Cause I'm pretty sure burger. This was before, like this was going on before, but I think at the Zozo, he got it, and then I, I he's exempted into the players, and, his, and his, his job's good for the remainder of the season. So it's it's Luke Donald. I know who's using one of his one of his two shots. He's calling the shot, and and that makes me think he might be all right. And I got a little unit on that later on. But yeah, it, it's Luke Donald is who you're thinking of this week. I heard I heard that he needed a fourth. Berger needed a fourth place finish last week to secure his card. I remember hearing that. I don't know. Hey, it's a, uh, not we'll a debate for the pod pride, but I'm almost hundred percent sure on the other. So we'll on the Luke Donald thing. So I thought, I think that's who you're thinking of. You're probably right. I mean, I'm pretty much basically an idiot and everyone should just listen to Tambo all the time, especially now this is this Tuesday and I've had probably about five shots of crown in the <laughs> 20 minutes that we've been doing this podcast because it's been, it was a long day at work. I'll tell you that right now. So I ended up coming in and just smashing some crown Royal right before the pod. So if I'm wrong about shit, it's a Tuesday night. Also, uh, I apologize. I suck. Just listen to Tambo. You'll be good to go. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to this seven uh, K range. Go ahead, Tambo. While I look up Daniel Berger and see what he needs. Yeah, please do. It's, it's massive. The seven K range. So, I mean, you can't name them all. You can't play them all either. So I'll just name some of my favorites. I think again, Hoagie's going to be popular, but I like him. You know, Piercy, similar. I, I kind of like Furyk. So if I had to name my favorites in this top upper range, and, and I'm, I'm just going to do um, down to about 7,500, Kenny, because there is a lot of guys. But I like Hoagie, Furyk, Piercy, Na, and Glover. And, and again, all for the same reasons. Just the, this is an area you can smash with your roster constructions. So you can just mix and match these guys. You can play three of them in the same, four of them in the same. It's whatever you want to do. Uh, I may or may not go over three. Just it looks like I said, I'm going to try and bulk up at the top. And, and that's kind of where starting with Cantlay gets me into the builds that I like. 
But you can play a bunch of these guys in this range. But, you know, Nah, Piercy, Furyk, Hoagie, those stand out. Glover, I'll go back to him. I think, you know, I'm not as big on some of the others like, uh, you know, Holmes, Stallings, Lashley, some of the names that are getting some love that I'm just not as high on. What about you in this upper 7K range? Uh, the upper 7K range, I do like um, – I like Piercy a little bit after his run last week. I mean, it wasn't just all putter. He was pretty good with his irons as well. I'm a big fan of him this week. I do like – Scott Stallings. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, the guy's course history here the last couple of times has been sick, and it doesn't matter if he's coming in with poor form or great form. He's always done well here. I'll begin on a little bit of Scott Stallings uh, this week and uh, uh, some more up top, maybe a little bit of Nate Lashley as well. Uh, just going down a little bit farther into this lower 7K range, I do like Patrick Rogers, just like everyone else. The guy's been playing really good golf. He's, you know, the, the talent level that Patrick Rogers has had People have known about it for a long time. He just hasn't been able to build up to it. And it seems like he's, you know, settling in pretty nice early this season. So I like his game and the way it's been looking here so far. Of course, I'm going to go a little bit of a Sung Kang here uh, in the uh, 7,000 range. A little shout out to Han from uh, Fast and Furious. If you all saw the uh, trailer for the new Fast and Furious, it looks like Han is still alive. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because the actor that plays Han, his name is Sung Kang. So there you go. A little bit of knowledge there for you. Uh, I do like uh, Maverick Neely. He's my FOMO guy. I mean, I think he's going to have a big year. He's going to be very, very good. He's been exceptional with his wedges here recently, going on a nice little run, probably playing some of the better golf of this career. Um, of course, I'm in on uh, Zhang as well. Uh, if you look in the, uh, you know, his irons were the strength of his game during the fall swing. And early this season, he's been struggling earlier this year, this year in 2020, he's been struggling because his irons have not been up to par as it was earlier in the fall. But he was great with his irons, you know, the, the final three days of last week. So I'm hoping that brings that momentum back a little bit. So I do like a little bit of Jing Zhang Jang. And uh, a little bit of Matthew Naismith and Chesson Hadley at the bottom of that range. Who do you like here down below? It was Luke Donald miscut in Phoenix on the last start of his medical, but he's in the field for Pebble and plans to use the first of his two career money list exemptions to yeah, maintain I heard that. Okay. I can't find anything on Daniel Berger on Twitter. So anyway, moving on. I just, I wanted to bring it up. I did find an article that says kind of what I was thinking with the Zozo and everything there that he's got it to at least the end of the year. But either way, I still like him this week. That, that's just me. Um, in the bottom going down, you know, you mentioned Rodgers. He's going to be popular. Recent form and stats, T8 a couple years ago. But if he's going to be popular, there's other guys you can go to. I love Kang. I, I don't know if you know the story from the Slack chat, but I basically called a hole-in-one for Kang for the weekend. I was trying to get odds on that, and obviously no one's giving me those odds because it would have to be that they'd put up against what I would put up. It just wouldn't make any sense. But – we got there on Saturday, like two minutes after he hit it to five feet and it was so close. And then the next hole, Corey Connors puts it to an inch. So it was like, damn, I just want to see a hole in one. Like it, it was so close. So definitely like some Kang still, uh, you mentioned it fourth, fourth year, 14th year last year, you know, don't, doesn't, you know, doesn't stand out too much, but I think he's just been on lately. It, it can show up at any time. And I do like him on shorter courses. McNeely. We've talked about a bunch. Adam long looked really good last week and play some more of him. Uh, my third and final TCPO is going to be off of another, just a guy I don't get, like why he's going to be chalk or why he's getting talked up so much besides, you know, this past weekend where he wasn't even that great and his history here and a former winner. But I'm going to be off uh, Jimmy Walker. And I'll stick with my boy Harry Higgs, man. This guy's a, a gem. And, and his game has been on. His, his Tita Green's been good. 
everything that I, that I like to see here. So I, I'm going to go back to Higgs and take him over Jimmy Walker to round it out. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about McNeely. I like him. And the last one is going to be Wise. And the big thing here with Wise is just, you know, for me, it's just too much talent for too little. I'm always trying to get upside at a certain price. And he just seems, you know, he's a rookie of the year, 2018, uh, 15th year when he played it the one time, 35th year last year during the U.S. Open setup. I remember that was when Brooks really talked him up and said, look, this guy's going to be something more. It's not over here yet. Just wait and see. Uh, and, you know, he was getting through the gym and all that stuff, as you mentioned on the pod a few times, how he was trying to do his little bulk up thing himself. Uh, I think he's a, a good player at 7200 bucks with all those reasons on a terrible run. But when you can get a guy with upside at 7200 like that, uh, I prefer to go that way. So he sort of rounds out my 7K range. All right, this sounds good. I'm looking at Berger. It says that he lost his card uh, missing the fall because of injury. He'll likely receive a medical extension to start the next season with which he can return to the full exemption status. So that's what I'm seeing. I definitely could be wrong because I'm an idiot and I'm not feeling very smart at this moment in time because I've gotten multiple things wrong this week already. And I was so hyped about this pod because I was like, oh, I have an extra day. I'm going to have so much to talk about. And I'm just wrong all the time because I am stupid. But it does say that he, he did lose his card last year and he's working on an injury exemption. So I'm sure he has a little bit to go before he gets that. So let's move on to this 6K range. I'm going to go ahead and do my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Doc Redmond at $6,700. Again, I'm going a little bit different. I normally don't go 6K in this range, but Doc's made 9 of 12 cuts this year, uh, this season so far. Our approach game, really, really solid. One of the better golfers from 100 to 125 yards, really good on par 4 efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, I like his price, you know, top 20 in both strokes gain approach and strokes gain tee to green in his last 12 rounds. He's also overall... 17th in his last 50 rounds good golfer really solid hits a ton of green so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be paul casey at 10,500 it's going to be brandon grace at brandon grace at 9300 russell knox at 8600 and doc redmond at 6700 this leaves you right around fifteen thousand dollars to fill out the rest of your lineup Uh, other guys that i do like in this range uh spawn uh, I'm a fan of Spawn this week. Uh, the guy, you know, really been killing it with his irons the last couple of weeks, even though he hasn't really gotten the uh, the finishes he's wanted. So I do like him uh, in this range a bunch. Uh, I'm a fan of, let's take a peek here, a um, little bit of uh, Tom Wil- uh, Tim Wilkinson. Uh, I like Tim Wilkinson in this range. Uh, I like, um, keep going, Mark Anderson in this upper, K range, upper 6K range. And then if you look down a little bit, farther one guy at 6200 that sort of catches my eye is going to be Justin Suh uh, I think he's 6300 I think he finished sixth here a couple of years ago on a sponsors exemption uh, he started his PGA Tour you know career off a little bit shaky last year but he was dealing with a wrist injury and so far you know on the South American Tour he's been playing pretty damn well with a whole bunch of top tens you know going in he's up there on the money list somewhere in the top you know 25 in that thing I I'm a fan of Justin Suh at 6,300 as a punt play. Who do you like down low? I like uh, – well, I missed one at 7K. It was it was right on the button was uh, Tringali. And only because I've been talking about him for like two weeks now, I really don't want to back off him. He's not the greatest history here, and he hasn't been on the you know the most fire run. But if you think about it, uh, you know, he's still only 7K. His stats do line up for me. 
and he missed the cut on the number and he in the times here so uh, 11 out of so what I talk about all the time he's got 22 made cuts in his last 27 events any tour and 11 of them are top 25 so I, I keep bringing that up but I'm waiting for it to happen I think this could be the week 7,000 don't mind it mentioned James Hahn earlier uh, decent history here looked good last week solid greens and regulation and approach stood out a little bit to me I mean the T25 was nice to see you know when James Hahn gets uh, you know gets hot he can get going so I, I will chase it a little bit there with that uh, maybe a sprinkle of Ted Potter Jr. Nothing in his last couple, but obviously the win two years ago, it's, it's sort of a, you know, just a thing, right? At 6,900, you can get him in, anything can happen. Brandon Wu, Stanford guy, got the Cali ties. Uh, he was 35th. He actually, uh, why I brought that up about uh, Dustin Johnson earlier, they, sh- they had the exact same rounds back to back to back to back here at the U.S. Open. Same scores every round. Uh, Brandon Wu, T35 with Dustin Johnson here last year. Again, that's stupid. It's not the reason why he's going to do something this week. I'm just saying, interesting note that I saw when I was looking at Dustin Johnson. I was like, oh, shit, Brandon Wu again popping up. So I do like him at 6,900. JJ Spawn, who you mentioned, but if he's going to be popular, easy one to get off of, uh, especially once we see what these draws look like. But he has been uh, strong tee to green and approach the last two events. Just no putter, but that tends to be the case with him always. Uh, DJ Trahan stuck out here a little bit as an option. T18 here last year. His overall experience is 7 for 11 made cuts, uh, and then some form three of his last five with a 28th and 8th and a 24th in there. So definitely could go back to him. Uh, you mentioned Redmond, just standard tee to green. Everything in general has been good. He, he's always a guy that has T25 plus upside. Um, couple, you know, bullets at the bottom. Tyler McCumber, the namesake, really solid tee to green. Um, the last two and around the green. Uh, and he had his putter with them at Farmers and got 21st. So, uh, you know, if he's on, he can be on. And, and I don't mind that at all. And then old man, I was looking at a couple old men down here. I was looking at Stricker, Wilkinson, who you mentioned, and Sink. Wilkinson is interesting because last, you know, four, four tournaments he's played has been um, solid tee to green. Even his miscut, gaining strokes tee to green. Before that, 21st, 32nd, 30th. So, I mean, he's been solid. But I kind of like Stewie Sink. Uh, again, nothing crazy about him, but he's got, the, he's got bigger upside, I think, than some of these other guys. Four for six here, made cuts. Uh, two of them being top 25s. I, I don't mind him and think that he's underpriced at 6,500. He could have been 67 or something. It would have made a difference. And then Tyler Duncan, he 22 last year, just won the RSM five events ago. Uh, if he can find a putter, these are, these are the shorter courses, and that's what I like for a guy like Tyler Duncan. So he's another one that stands out. Like I said, there'll be other guys down here, but it really will depend on sort of how I build my lineups and looking at, again, the rotations if we get – uh, or as soon as we get those tomorrow or overnight, whatever it's going to end up being. Because, you know, Siwoo can pop off at any time. Uh, you know, guys like that down at the bottom that you'll see, there is some upside names. Uh, I like Harrington every now and again. Brem, some of these guys. Teeter, you mentioned So All, all those guys can get on, on a little bit of a heater once uh, at these prices. Like I said, for when you're getting three rounds out of four, I definitely don't mind mixing some of them into my lineups just to have that upside to get the other five super solid lineup guys. That sounds good, man. I do my, I probably throw in a little bit of a Castro, maybe a little bit of Duffner as well, since they're both pretty good with their wedges. And I like that about uh, golfers this week. I need, I need good wedge play uh, this week from golfers. Anyone we missed there, my friend? No, I think, uh, like I said, we'll cover it in our articles, if not. So that sounds good. Let's move to the betting segment here, Tambo. Who you got? Got a six-pack again, man, and I'm going to start with a, a big number at the top here with Cantlay at 12. Uh, I, I said it last week, and I wouldn't do it with Webb at 14. 
I know some people that even bet them at 12 and, and good for them because it, it hit. So that's awesome. And, and sometimes it's just that way. And I just feel like it's him or DJ. And if I'm going to be off DJ, I'm going to be all in on what I'm going with. And I do like Cantlay's game. Uh, I like it, how he sets up for this, this course. So uh, 12 to one, basically that makes it. So the rest of my card, when I add these other five in, if I bet them all to win X number, I'm, I'm winning six X on the money. So just so everybody knows how it works, but uh, Hovland 33 to one, just because, like I said, I like something like that more for a bet than I do for uh, DFS just because there's other, plenty of other options around him. But for out, outright bet, I think if he does turn it on, we could get it going. Knox, who you like, 45. Uh, and then I start each way. And after that, I got Kevin Noss, 70 to 1 with the each way. Aaron Wise, 125 with the each way. And then the community bet, man, Luke Donald on the uh, the career money exemption, 300 to 1 with the each way. And just hope he gets a top five and I'll take it. Nice. I got four bets this week. First, I got Casey at 20 to 1, Knox at 50 to 1, nice. Maverick McNeely 125 to 1, and Spawn at 200 to 1. So those are going to be my four bets. I'll probably add uh, a couple of tournament bets here before the, uh, the, the tournament starts, and I'll put them out on the Slack chat on Gup's Corner. I'll probably tell uh, Cakes from the Junkies. Uh, sports junkies the bet too so if you listen on thursday to the sports junkies i'll probably put it out there as well uh on the syndicated radio show all right one and done who you got yeah just some options again this week i i don't know um exactly what i'm doing yet but i i would say definitely i don't want to use dj or cantley i mean i i just would save them because i think there's better spots i would get away like you said it's a casey course so you could definitely use casey we know day and snedeker with their history. And then I would say someone like a, a McDowell or a Hovland McDowell's hot coming off a win, hard to go back to back, but it could be an option. And Hovland, do I mention, just seems like a, a spot where he's had a good, good run of events here. It's his first time in the pro-am setting, but you know, us open and USM and in tougher setups, likely it's especially at the major. I think he'd be an option as well. What about you? I'm going Jason day. Yeah. I'm going to, if you look at Jason day and him during the uh, West coast swing, he doesn't play many events. He usually just plays the farmer, Farmers and this, but if you look in the last, you know, five six years, 16th of the farmers this past a couple weeks ago, fourth last year at the um, uh, at this tournament, fifth of the farmers, second, first, fifth, eleventh, fourth, first. These are all his West Coast swing farmers or um, this week's tournament at the AT and T. I mean, this is his shizzle. This is where he does well. Doesn't matter if he's in good form, playing good golf or nothing. He usually plays well on the West Coast. Uh, when he does play. So I'm going day this week for my one and done. All right, Tambo, go ahead and tell them where they can find you. Gupscorner.com. You mentioned it. Promo code DGEN10. One thing I would drop in quick is that you uh, you mentioned everything that's there. Don't need to rehash it all. But the, the new tools definitely are you know, pretty, pretty solid with what the new update looks like. Josh ADHD on Twitter. He's been uh, helping Gup develop them and getting them rolling for the site. And they just dropped in a new update. Um, so basically it's just, you know, if you're doing model rankings and things like that, they've got everything there, the ability to do it. It's very fast. The new model engine is set up so you can get to what you want pretty quickly uh, and spit out your own model that way. So I think that's the biggest deal. Go check it out. Use promo code DGEN10. Other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Shout out to everybody that, you know, I got to meet at the event. It was awesome. You know, I had a, a couple different little stories go around that were fun and, and good people to meet. So uh, anytime, and we'll be there at the Honda again. So when you guys are at Honda or around that area, please reach out on Twitter, DM me, and we'll meet up. All right. So uh, if you like our show, make sure to leave a five-star rating and a nice review. It helps us out, keeps the pod free. I promise next week I won't drink like 18 shots of Crown Royal right before the pod starts because I made, made me sound like an idiot today. I sound like I probably sounded dumb. <laughs> 
and I apologize. I'm not that dumb. But anyways, so you can find me on gupscorner.com. My article is out every week. I give out my favorite cash plays, the stats I'm looking for, all that good stuff. And follow me on Twitter at KendoVT. All right, DGen Nation, let's do it this week. Let's win some motherfucking money, DGen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.